johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Dave Miller, Big Mike, myself, John. We are literally in three states simultaneously, actually four. We have Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas where it's being broadcasted out. That's where the board is. I'm in Baltimore, Maryland with Mike. And Dave is in nice, cool, warm, hot, 80-degree, sunny Denver, Colorado. Is that, a good, is that the right temperature, Dave? Well, maybe we got uh, – Dave's not there yet, so we'll we'll pick it up. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. But- All right, well, how was it – well, let, let's talk about this weekend. Um, I was in Chicago, and right now it's 37 degrees in Chicago. And all I can say is I'm glad I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I went there last Friday. I went to the Bulls game on Saturday – on Friday night – I was actually there for a completely different reason, and I just as a side venture, we decided a client took us to the game. Um, and look, the bottom line is, what can I say? I was there. The Bulls lost. The White Sox lost. The Cubs lost. The Blackhawks lost. And the most interesting thing about being in that environment, as you know, I'm a cigar smoker like yourself, Mike. I went to a nice cigar bar. And um, mm-hmm. everyone was staring at their phone, in-game live betting, all rooting for their teams. And, you know, it's funny because they all have the apps on their phones, and they're all no systems, just opinions, no nothing but just manic betting. I'm watching guys yell at the TV like it's 1980. They all have the app. They're all rooting in. Uh, prop bets and quarter bets. And I'm, I don't know if Dave sees this in Denver like I saw in Chicago, but it was pretty telling how much money the sports books are making from what I'm assuming was a cigar bar loaded with square betters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people. Well, I, didn't, I don't really get out during the games because I just stay home. But yeah, when I do, I see people cheering and talking about stuff like that, props. So, yeah, good for them. Uh, there was a guy at the cigar bar, Dave. You'll appreciate this. He was uh, talking to me, and he and I gave him my business card. And 
he was telling me, you know, he's talking about every win that he had that week. And while I'm watching him lose like six dimes on this game that he's live betting, but he never once told me that he had a loser. (laughs) There was no variance. I had this the other day. It was a winner. I had that. I mean, it was a nice guy. We were shooting this, you know what? But it's just funny that even then you have what we call selective amnesia, where the gambler is only talking about and focused all on, on all his wins, um, talking to a stranger, you know, said he had the Don Best screen and he liked to monitor it and blah, 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 which was pretty sharp to hear that from a stranger. I've never heard a stranger tell me they had the DB screen. So that was definitely interesting to me. That I've never had that happen before. Um, but, you know, obviously the guy's not running at 100%. So then in the meantime, he's turning blue in the game that he's betting live, mentioning every good beat that he had the week prior. It was just an interesting uh, psycholo- psychological situation because I have not spent a lot of time in an area where the apps are that prolific. And obviously in a city of 8.9 million people, you know, Chicago – is about half the size of New York City. They still got about 9 million people. There's about 18 million people in New York. And literally, everyone had an app on their phone. Now, I asked him if he had multiple outs, and he said, no, he just likes the one particular app, Because the and I didn't say anything to him. But it is funny that even in a state like that where you have multiple opportunities, the state, Illinois, not the state, Chicago, Illinois, you have multiple opportunities. Most of the people that I came in contact with just in talking at the Bulls game, the guy was sitting next to me, he had the app on his phone. I said, how many apps do you have? And everybody basically, oh, I have one app because they don't want to do the work. They don't want to shop. It's just easy wheezy, whatever, whoever gets their business first is who gets their business. And obviously you disagree with that strategy. Well, just have yes. fun. Yeah. And I, and I think psychologically, fun. Dave, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just saying they're doing it to have fun. They're not doing it correct to make a living, but they should still do it, obviously. But, yeah, they, that's why they just, they're not as serious about it. And, I, I mean, I still think psychologically um, most people just in the gambling sense, like, even when they're playing roulette or they're playing blackjack, they really don't go in depth about the bad beats and how much they lost. They only tell you about the good ones they had because they try to, it's more, um, it's like they don't want to remember it. And if they don't talk about it, then it won't make them feel that loss or that sense of, you know, defeat or just as a person for whatever it may be, whether it was financial where it hurt them really bad, whether it was just, you know, a, a bad run because they were intoxicated, whatever it may be. It's like if they don't talk about it psychologically, they don't remember the loss. And, you know, I, honestly, I could say that not in sports trading for, for myself. I mean, when I've taken crazy losses playing poker in a night, like I try to forget about that night. I, I don't try to relive it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, I usually come in the office the next day. And John will go, How well, I know you were playing at the casino. How'd you do? And I don't want to talk about it. And he asked me like 10 minutes later, and I don't want to talk about it. And then I think he finally figures it out. He's like, just don't ask me. And um, so I think it's still to a gambler that's not basically equipped to be a trader. When I say that, it's like the the non-emotional attachment to the games. The, The losses don't feel nearly as bad. The, the wins don't feel nearly as good. 
it's like, you know, that very calm approach. Those guys can handle losing even like, and I'll be straightforward. I mean, because we're very transparent on this radio show, pregame last week was extremely tough for baseball. It is what it is. I actually had clients that the smart clients that I have, Dave, and you would love this. I never actually sent you the text. I posted it to all the clients so they could see it in our channels. But where a client said, he's been dealing with us for a few years now, and he has, he's, he's pretty smart. He's, he's one of the guys, that, not as smart as the kid that we talked to last week on that Zoom call, but, but up there. He's a trader. And um, he basically mentioned, he goes, look, I deal with a local bookie that is just a friend of mine. That he doesn't take my action, won't take my action anymore. Um, said this week, last week he was talking about, he said that every single client that has been losing for eternity had a winning week last week. It's an anomaly. It's one of those things where from the sharp side, there was a lot of good value. He praised us for the closing value because he tracks that. And, um, and overall said he was still happy trusting the process. It's just one of those weeks where, it was an anomaly. And to hear that from a client just shows the work that we are doing, Dave, means something. It's not just in one ear, out the other. Because I still do have the opposite client on the other side of the spectrum that is crying wolf, that didn't follow the money management, that thought that Saturday and Sunday he's going to make up all of his loss, which was, you know, realistically nothing. I mean, it was like a you know, because of our strict money management, it's like a 6 to 7% loss going into the weekend. And he thinks that he needs to double and triple his wagers just to break even or show a positive week's end, which is completely opposite of what we teach. So, you know, it's, it's good to hear both sides. Just be glad, Dave, that I could talk to you about this on the air and not you have to deal with these people in real time because you would absolutely go and say, if you talk to these people, you, the logic that you have on an everyday basis and the very like you know, centered mindset when you go into it and say, it's not a big deal, it's just a day, it's just a game. These guys are emotional, they're irrational. All they want to do is tell you about how much they lost, they don't want to tell you about how much they won a month prior, right? When we went on that crazy run where you said, look, it's not sustainable. So it's, it's one of those things that I feel like we have to talk about. I, I really do, at this day and age, feel extremely comfortable talking about the losses just as much as the wins because I feel like you learn more from losing than you do from winning. And, and that's like been that way for me with just playing sports growing up. It's like you just learn more because you, you dig in and you fix it. And I feel like what we do is, is something special. And I, I really am, you know, excited about digging deeper into baseball and calibrating some things. And I know we've had a couple of discussions um, with Dollar Mike about possibly it being a, maybe a first five-inning type of play. You know, things that we're trying to fix along the way because, again, it's different. It's something that you've done a deep dive into, but again, changes will be made, just like you said. And, um, you know, I have no problem being honest on air to our existing clients that we had a losing week, and it's okay. Nobody's panicking. Nobody's upset. It's just it, it, I'm glad some of the clients really get it. So, you know, that, that's my rant of the week. 
Um, I don't know if you have anything to, to chime in on that about that as well, Dave. And, I, um, I just think really some it. of those guys have just straight gambling problems. Probably isn't for them. Anyway. You could give them winners, and they'll they'll find ways to collapse. Some some of those people, obviously, uh, they shouldn't be betting anything the way you make them sound. So I don't know. I don't know how you handle those people, but yeah, I am glad I don't have to do all of that. Do that all day. What did it, what did that? What, tell them about the five year old comment. <laughs> well, there's a, so here. This is the funny part, and and I, I hope oh. this client is listening because it really like usually Dave. I don't really get upset, and I'm like the the chillest person ever. And this guy got under my skin because literally four days prior, he was listening to this exact show last Wednesday, and we're going all the data, we're going all the the metrics. Keeps praising you and me with text on air about the knowledge and about the commitment and about the discipline. And he's like, I get it because he's only been a client for a couple of days. I get it. I'm into it. I, I believe this is something I'm really looking forward to, to following for years to come, just like a completely normal person and which a person should act like. Then come Sunday, it's the complete reverse. He goes, my five-year-old could pick more winners than you. It's just like very emotional, irrational. I'm like, dude, I mean, we're adults here. Like, you don't understand the amount of money that my partner, D-Mill, manages. We we don't have time for crybabies. Like, if you don't have the ability to withstand losing a small percentage in a single week and treating it as an extremely short sample size, which is I don't even would call that a sample size in your book, then you shouldn't be even in this space to begin with. And it just got worse and worse. And then I just happened to have a, got a new puppy last week, so I'm trying to potty train the puppy and feed the puppy. And this guy keeps texting me like the text warrior that he is, and it just like infuriated me because nothing that I said that was logical, Dave, all, it, all he heard was, Nothing. He heard nothing, and all he did was fire back. So, you know, I hope he's listening to the show. Mr. Dakota won't release the last name, and, and hopefully he gets some common sense how to, how to be, be more respectful to people that are trying to help him. Nobody's out to get anybody. We're here to help people and grow, and there's going to be losing weeks, just like there's going to be a lot of winning weeks. It's just part of the business, but, you know, that is that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have worded it all like that, but yeah, I mean the guy. I, hopefully he's all right and not betting too much. I don't know. That's all. That's what I'm thinking. Well, it wasn't even that he was betting too much in this sense. It was that he basically, in a week's time, judged your whole business model as last week, and he has no understanding of a large sample size and he just couldn't get over the, this is days apart. So I know this is not just a normal person would not praise you on a Wednesday and scold you on a Sunday with the amount that we're risking one to 2% of your bankroll per game. Like there's it's, and he's only been a client for a week to boot. So it's just, you know, I don't really like to, to, talk about the negativity as much client to client. I kind of keep it very vague 
about the overall percent. But this one just got under my – and, again, it could have been a bad time for me. You know, pup, you know, potty training a little puppy while this guy wants to send me 75 text messages on a Sunday evening. Might have been the wrong time for me to look at the phone, but, you know, I'm passionate about this thing. This is a 24-7 job for me seven days a week. So I'm always available but I mean, to respond part, to people. As part, of your, you know. as part of your service, people can just call and complain, and, like, you have to deal with that? I can't imagine. So I'm a sports, I'm a sports psychiatrist, so this is what I explain yes. to people that – 99% of my, I am, think of me like a barber at the barber shop. I've had the same guys coming in to get their haircut for 20 years. So these are people that you build relationships with. These are people that you, 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 I've literally have clients that I've been, that have been with me since 1999 that I have a 17 year old and I had no kids when the guy became a client. He had no kids. Now he has a 17 year old. Like literally like these are lifelong. There's, handicappers that sell sports information and then there's real people that have real clients that they consult in the same way they would consult a financial advisor that they usually keep for life so what happens is uh, obviously you know someone like me is a little different i'm 30 i've been doing this 35 years you know i i get 150 200 texts a day of just existing clients just shooting the you know what they understand the variance. They understand the up. They understand the down. They understand that I have access to various different models and various different sources like yourself. And on any given week, on any given day, one group could be running hot. One group could be running cold. But these guys are old school, what I like to call gambling veterans, guys that have been doing this pre-offshore, pre-app, all local, all pickup. And, again, you got to remember, this is the thing is, even though – you know, you've been doing this since uh, we'll call it early 2000s. You know, you know, I am the old man on the show now that Brian's gone. I mean, I am literally, I am literally. You could not. The only way you could get a line when I got into this business was from the morning sports page. I mean, wrap your head around that. Books were quoting lines out of the damn paper. I mean, that's how long I've been doing this. That literally my original iteration of this advisory service that I run in the same office in the same location that my partner, who is also no longer with us, opened in 1975. Keep that in mind. I was born in 1973. Was a line service. So before you had an information business where people would actually subscribe for selections, you had a huge industry where people would subscribe to odds makers that made their own line. And so... You just take it for granted. And when I say you, everyone just takes it for granted. They can go online and punch in what's the line. They can turn on the TV and they see the line on the TV. They can go open up the DB screen. They can open up a sports book app. They can see all the lines, overnight lines. And really, it wasn't like that back in the day when guys like the computer group were running. You can Google the computer group back in the 80s with guys like Roxy Roxburgh, Roxborough and, um, and Billy Walters and uh, Mike Levitt out here in Baltimore, Maryland, that was moving hundreds of millions of dollars. Again, no longer with us. A lot of these guys are no longer with us. But anybody who knows anything about sports betting can Google the computer group and the kosher boys and all these big syndicates. These were all guys with pens and papers with an absence of a DB screen, with the absence of a live electronic line. So when you what you see is the difference between who you're dealing with on the phone. Are you dealing with that guy that's my age, 49, 50, 60, and been doing it since he's 15, or are you dealing with a new guy that's now sitting in a, in a, in a cigar bar in Chicago um, who never bet prior to the legalization of sports wagering in Illinois, 
and is now downloading an app on his phone, and he's live betting every bucket like it's the end of his life. You see, you see the difference, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, it's huge. It's, it's like the old people used to date uh, stock trade and yell in these open outcry pits, and you see these old videos of people screaming and yelling and spitting on, on each other. Well, that's kind of the same as the sports industry, basically. Then everything went electronic. And then there's none of that anymore. There's no more what you call pits. Everything is electronic. Well, it's the same thing that you had in sports, and now everything is electronic. So I, I definitely see uh, Mike's frustration. Again, you know, there's a decade between Mike and myself, and there's a decade less of being in this business between Mike and myself. And I guess it's just kind of weird when the phone rings, the people that are interested in speaking to me usually are in my age category, and the people that I would say 90% of the people that Mike actually deals with are his age, and 90% of the people that I deal with are my age. So it's kind of weird how you know the 30, 35 to 38 to 39 year old guy will gravitate and deal with Mike. They they grew up in the same time. They graduated high school at the same time. They got used to using electronics at the same time. And I'm dealing with dinosaurs when I ask them to download WhatsApp or Telegram on their phone. They go, what's not WhatsApp, but they go, what's that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, don't even, they don't yeah. even know what it is. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the, the apps that were made in the past 10 years, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, then, these people and like, also you the know, other thing, you know, Dave. What else, and also, most of these guys, like when John was saying earlier in the show, the guy that he saw – was working off a of Don Best screen, but only was trading on one account. I feel like you're just you're taking in some of the knowledge of how to do this professionally and, and be successful, and not taking all of it because some of these guys are just simply lazy. They have access to more apps, they have access to more info, but they don't want to do the work and and make it as a side hustle, not just a hobby that they could put in five minutes a day and be successful with. There has to be some accountability. Here's a perfect example. I know that I know this client's listening. I'm not going to say his name. He's going to text me right after I make this comment. He knows who he is. He's in Florida. He said to me yesterday, why is there such a big gap on the, one of the lines we were discussing? It was a 30 cent gap. And I said, that's because of the sports book that you actually bet at. And, you know, it's a, it's a paperhead. I said, you can go as low as five cents, 10 cents where, you know, it's minus 260, it's plus 230. Well, that's just now just a function of the platform. If you look and you search at the right place, you can have minus 260 plus 250. You can have maybe some spots minus 260 plus 255. And so, you know, again, a lot of that is just a function. I wouldn't call him, he by no means is lazy, but it's just a function of there's only so many hours in a day. And the people that don't have the ability to put the professional time into not just making a bet and forgetting it. It is a lot of work. I admit, I am not, not going to call every client lazy that doesn't have multiple accounts. I'm going to look at the lifestyle of each individual client. Some guys are just too busy. Some guys are running you know, multi-million dollar companies, and it's like how many hours in a day can they sit there? They watch that video that you did with Spencer. To them, a lot of this is very overwhelming. Even though they have the money to actually deploy, time is sometimes more valuable than money. And, you know, yeah. you just have to accept <clears throat> yeah. that when you're dealing with clients. You know, you have to accept that when you're dealing with clients on the phone. And, you know, a lot of the guys that I d I've dealt with in the past that are high net worth individuals, one of the things that they all had in common is a lack of 
time. One of the things that attracted them to sports wagering was the so-called simplicity of betting it and forgetting it. But that's, like you said, unfortunately, that's the way the sports books make the money as opposed to sitting there and trading and shopping and looking for edges and looking for numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they don't want everybody doing that because then they'd make a lot less. So that's right. Right. Yes, sir. No. So what, what would you say now that we've had, you know, obviously, you know, less than a month with baseball, is there something like how do you – and I know with football and, and basketball, you're pretty spot on season to season. You kind of feel the trends. You've been doing it long enough where you know when to adjust. Is it something in baseball that's kind of like eye-opening early on that you say, look, man, I'm going to adjust. This is something I'm going to, I'm going to tweak. What's up, what, are like, what are the things that go into, like, after a week like last week where two weeks ago, or for two weeks in a row, the first two weeks of baseball were exceptional, and then we have a losing. Is there mm-hmm. something that you recalibrate? How, what's the process? Yeah, it looks like. Give us a little bit. It looks like when a team, it looks like when a team loses a couple, they seem to overreact on the line. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. So probably that. There is an overreaction or if the team wins a couple in a row. It looks like the spread moves too much in that next game, or or not moves too much, just is too much. And it also looks like your average person backs that team into the next game. I've noticed that, the team winning or fading the team losing. That's been a constant trend. So, yeah, I'll see if that continues. So, yeah, so as I said last week, and we can follow up with that, as I said last week, the losing streaks – not sometimes, they're always longer than the winning streaks. So perfect examples right now, the White Sox, I was in Chicago when they lost six and seven in a row. They've lost eight in a row. That is the greatest streak in all of baseball right now. The White Sox have lost eight in a row. They at one point, I believe, were seven and one. Now they're like nine and seven. It's kind of crazy. Um, but they basically lost yeah. eight games in a row. Why the biggest winning streak is only five games in a row, San Francisco and Minnesota. Um, so in terms of overreaction to the lines, like I, like I, like I, uh, what I notice, here's what I, what, what I really notice is that not only is there overreaction to the line, there's very little chop in baseball. So for anyone that's a Baccarat player, there's very little player, banker, player, banker, banker, player. If you know what that means, if you're listening, there's no chop. There's very little back and forth. It's literally two game sets. For whatever reason, these teams, that's how these streaks begin. You, I have not seen any teams basically go win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So what I've been starting to notice is where can I get value on teams, especially on the dog side, that are on, on a one-game winning streak because – the odds are the teams that are on a one-game winning streak, which are usually far and few between because the streaks are usually greater, you're going to get that second win. So, for an example, like right now, you only have four, five teams that are on a one-game winning streak. Everything else is losing and winning in multiples of threes, fours, fives, sixes, sevens, and eights up to the White Sox, win or lose. So when I look at it uh, t- today and I look at a team on a one-game winning streak, I have four teams, Houston, minus 118, Milwaukee, minus 175, 
Atlanta, minus 200. But I have Kansas City, plus 195. And I have Arizona, plus 190. Now, these are earlier lines that I was quoting. So one of the things that I've been beta testing is riding the dogs off the one-game winning streak where you can get basically uh, you're getting teams that are usually uh, there's a high probability they'll win two in a row and not chop. And that's indicated by the fact that you just have very few teams that have lost one or won one in a row on a daily basis. You just don't see it in baseball. And that's one of the things that I find uncanny um, that you would think there would be more chop with as many games as are play, being played. You would think that, you know, you would win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. And it's just, I mean, we're hundreds of games into the season. I'll give you the exact numbers in a second. And as I said earlier in the year, dogs win 40% of the time. And as of right now, dogs have won 41.1% of the time. What I also think is an overreaction, and I wanted you to expound on this today, Dave, is when you have a day where you have a huge swing in one direction, almost like where all the dogs win on Sunday morning and then everybody pounds the favorites in Sunday evening in the NFL. So yesterday is a perfect example. 18 games were played yesterday, I believe. And I I, I did the math earlier. I'm sorry, 15 games were played yesterday. 12 favorites won outright. Three dogs won outright. Obviously, two of them are the two dogs that I just mentioned Kansas City and Arizona. Um, so what happens on a day like that, the favorite betters get cocky. They wake up in the morning like, that was easy. I just parlayed nine favorites yesterday, and they all won. And then I think what they do is they actually inflate the lines off off not only each individual series, but off the overall daily total of how many favorites won versus how many dogs won the following day. Because if you get a day where all the dogs are winning, if you get a day where all the dogs are winning, people are like, then he starts converting them a little. Oh, let me mess with some dogs today. So they know they can bring it down and they'll give them better value on the dog side. I mean, yesterday, a monkey could have hit a nine-teamer, a ten-teamer. All you had to do is pick and choose many different options of favorites, and you just win, 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 win. Because, like I said, there was 15 games. And on a normal day, if there's 15 games, usually it's eight, seven, seven, eight dog favorite, not 12-3. I wish it was that easy, man. I'd be a baseball would be my favorite sport. Trust me. I know. But what I'm asking <laughs> you is not a handicapping question. I'm a- I'm not asking you a handicapping question. I'm asking you a line question. So don't you think that? I've been tracking it. It looks like they inflate the numbers on the favorite sides when there's this huge favorite sweep, so to speak. I've seen it in the NFL football. I mean, every I mean, dog maybe. wins yeah. at one o'clock. Yeah, yeah, but but I, I mean, don't you think do, you, just you, do an, you do agree with me in football? Yeah, but you agree with me in football? You know, you get that rare one o'clock New York session, ten o'clock Las Vegas, and there's seven games, and every favorite covers, or I'm sorry, every dog covers. All of a sudden, you start seeing on the DB screen, right at post, they start all the favorites start going up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in football, yeah, that's yeah, in football because it's it's football's bet so much that yeah, it is kind of it's a fact, and and that comes down to parlay liability a lot of times, where they're going, oh no, we're going to get wiped out if so, so they'll just do a quick surge right at post because of all the parlays pending, but all that stuff you just said in baseball, I'm not sure, but. 
there's there is it does seem like there's a little bit of there's a little bit of um yeah they'll if it basically if a team's covering they just keep moving it more some i think in yeah and just for all the for all the inquiring minds that want to know, there's been 261 completed baseball games that you have the ability to bet on. The favorites have won 60.5% of the time. They've won 156 games. The dogs have won 39.5% of the time. They've won 102 games. So if you bet every favorite, you're down a lot of money, 156 and 102. And if you bet every dog, you're probably about even being down, you know, a hundred, being down fifty-three games, you're probably about even. You're probably even money. One hundred two and one fifty-six, especially on some of the crazy prices you can get on the dog side. And as I told you before, and I will continue to say, and coming off the Arizona win yesterday, the worst team to bet on will remain this season: the Dodgers. I don't, man, I feel like they've been killing it. But yeah, okay, maybe not. Maybe you're right. You're looking at the numbers. I feel like they've just been a machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is no? I can't well, not this year, that. obviously, because they have they have such a high winning record. But he's saying at the end of the year, like we've done this year after oh, year. Oh, at the end of the year, oh, okay. Where at the end of the year, the Dodgers yeah. end up being the worst against. They'll probably not cover from here on out. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, I mean right. it's you the Dodgers. The hundred and sixty-two game season. It's not covering. It's winning. The Dodgers so when they are, lose, they lose. So it, Go ahead. Go ahead. The Dodgers are six and one at home and six and four on the road. They are twelve and five overall. And you are probably down money if you've bet them every game because the five games that you know you've basically if you're betting if you're betting to win a hundred, your bet your average risk is two hundred. So you've bet twenty four hundred dollars to win twelve hundred dollars on the Dodgers on the twelve games that you've won. And on the five games that you've lost, you've lost uh, probably f- around fourteen hundred. So you're still probably down money. <laughs> so it's like it, that's where you can't overcome the juice. One of the most surprising teams, obviously, we've discussed in Colorado is t- ten and seven, great value, dog money. Actually, the one of the very few teams, Mister Miller, that has a winning record on the road as well as, as at home. Colorado is six and four at home, and they were they are four and three on the road. And and let's talk about the worst team in the American League record wise, other than Texas, and that would be my Baltimore Orioles, printing money, six and eleven, an average price of plus two twenty, two eighty, uh, two one ninety to two twenty on the six wins, and so you're talking about. You're probably up about one unit if you've bet the Orioles every game this season. Um, you know, let's just make it simple: six wins, you win two, risk a hundred, you win two hundred, you've won twelve hundred, and now you've uh, you've lost eleven hundred if you're betting every matchup. Um, so it goes to show you how the dogs can stay in it. Um, and again, you can have a great record like the Mets, like San Francisco, like Milwaukee, and actually probably lose money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a money line sport. Still think the Dodgers are crushing the number, but I don't, I don't know. Definitely. When you say crushing the number, chance. you mean you mean you mean crushing the you mean crushing the closing line number, or or more prop? Both. They've just won like everything. They've just covered run lines. They've 
to spin a machine. That's been a big part of my loss, mm-hmm. is fading them. But if you say so. So, well, you won with them, you won with them last night. Yeah, like once out of like 20 games. Is a, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I really don't know the number. You're looking right at the numbers, so you're the last guy I'd want to get into an yeah. argument with against it. But I know at one point they were like one of the best. I thought they were one of the best teams against the number. My friend said that. That's really into that stuff too. But I told him, no, nah, I probably won't continue. But I, right. I don't know. You know the numbers. I don't. Okay. <clears throat> so somebody's got a puppy. Oh, we were uh, we're gonna get a Luca update. Somebody, a puppy yeah. update. Oh, his name's great. Luca. We went to. Yeah, his name's Luca. Not after Luca Dantich, my fiance will say. It is just a Luke. She came up with it. She didn't even know who Luka Dantich was. So I said, yeah, it's after Luka Dantich. She goes, no. So she, she cut that out real quick. But it's well, a, what was her logic a to mini. dog Luka? Is that a Ukrainian name? A, a Ukrainian name. She was just looking for Ukrainian name. She's marrying a Ukrainian. So she wanted to have her first little baby together to be a Ukrainian name. Now you got to tell everybody the parent story. Your parent story. Yeah, they were just in the Dominican Republic soaking up the sun. Tell them about the attire. Oh yeah. Well, they, they my parents. My parents are so worried they're going to get haggled because they think that they're Russian. Where like people from another country will be like, oh well, they have a Russian accent. We're going to haggle them. So they made sure to wear their Ukrainian T-shirts and hats everywhere they went in the DR. Oh man, I can't. Crazy, look, really? I can't, I, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I can't blame them. I mean, for the new li- for the new listeners, for the new listeners, let everybody know how old were you when you came here? You were you were you. you I moved were here. There. I moved here in nineteen. I moved here in April second, nineteen ninety one. I was eight years old. I was born in the Ukraine in the Crimea, right next to Crimea, a right, wonderful which... resort called Yalta, uh, right there on the on the peninsula of the Black Sea. I was. Born in 1983, so I lived there for eight years before coming to the United States of America, and have been here ever since. Aren't you? Aren't you half? Aren't you half? Um, I don't want to say it wrong, but you're half Serbian too, right? I'm not. I'm a hundred percent Ukrainian. Why do they think that? Somebody in your office is right, or am I just? Am I just way out on that one? <laughs> You're, you're you're off. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. early. It's okay. early for you. Not so you get a pass. No, not that. It's all good. Yeah. So I'm not Serbian at all. Not uh, anything except a hundred percent Ukrainian. But for all the for all the listeners, as your dad explained to me yesterday, when he brought the box of Cubans that he transported for the Dominican back for us and our enjoyment, which we thank him dearly for, is that they all speak Russian. So that's why they were wearing that because. They don't. They really weren't speaking Ukrainian, right? You speak Russian. You don't speak Ukrainian, correct? No. Okay. So I, I, the Ukrainian, yeah, I the Ukrainian, yeah. Ukrainian is very similar to Russian. Um, it's almost the same. There's just a couple little. It's more like a slang difference than it is anything else. Um, so, you know, just like I would understand every Russian person talking to me, it's not a completely different language. It just has a little a couple different, you know, nuances and, and terminology, but more so slang. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, my par- I did not ever think, like, if I'm leaving the country 
to worry about that type of thing. Again, I don't have an accent because I came here at such an early age that if the, the rule is with any accent, um, if you come here before you hit puberty, usually you'll lose the accent and not have one if you live here full time. If you come here after puberty, no matter how educated and smart and with your dialect that you are, you'll always D- have Dave some sort of accent. Fir- Dave is aware of that firsthand. He knows all about that. No, I know. Well, I'm no, just saying. Just, 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 listen, listen. That was the rule. He didn't know. He didn't know. That's what I'm saying. Listen, listen. Yeah, uh, listen, I you're talking that. to a first generation. Listen, my dad came to this country when he was 42, and my friends used to come over to the house, mm-hmm. and I was immune to the – immune. Like, he just sounds like dad to me, right? And they would, like, their face would curl. they go, what is your dad saying? So what are you talking about? He's speaking in perfect English. He goes, I can't understand a word your dad's saying. Then – I leave and I go away to college and I move out of the state for like five years and I'm only, you know, talking to him once in a while. And then all of a sudden, like when I was 35 and I moved and I, I just heard all of a sudden it was like a stranger listening to my dad for the first time. I was like, oh, now I hear it. My children who grew up, who have grown up with their, I'm sorry. No, I was like, yeah, that's what they're talking about. When you came back, you got it. You're like, okay, I get it now. I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, like my kids yeah. don't hear my father's accent at all. They don't. They're like, oh, he he speaks perfect English, and any stranger like has to like struggle to understand what they're saying. Um, but it's interesting because we are in a global world. Um, you know, there's obviously huge money being moved on soccer. It is interesting. You know, off the subject of sports wagering. You know, I'm a little. It's a little. It stinks for the athletes, like the major. Who are the tennis players? Uh, Mike, they can't. They're not allowed. There's some great tennis player. No, he is now. He got the approval. He got the approval. Wimbledon is not. A, it's not making you have a vaccination policy anymore. So now Nova. at Wimbledon, though, there's two. There's two players. I think seventh and eighth in the world that are Russian, and they're not allowed to compete because of the embargo. Oh, you're talking. I world. thought you were talking about the COVID thing. Sorry. Yeah. With the yeah. No, no. I, I knew about. Sports, I knew about. Yeah. Yeah. Most of these sports now they're. Like, Russia's not going to be in the World Cup. They weren't qualifying for anything. They're basically, everything is being, the, the world is, the world is basically coming together in that sense of saying, look, if you're going to do this, we're going to take away this. So, I don't know how much of that he really cares about. I don't really want to get too political on the show. This is a sports talk show. Um, so, that's just my two cents that, you know. Well, let's talk about that tennis match, even though, Dave, let's talk about that, Dave. This is like Tiger coming back in tennis. Obviously, he's going to be overvalued, correct? Uh, Yeah, probably. I don't know for sure, but you would think. It's more just so many eyes on the situation, I think. But I don't don't bet tennis. But you would think because this has been such a big story, people will, will back him. If I had to guess, but yeah, this, this is a guessing game, though. But in the long run, most likely, yeah, I mean, it's no different than it's up. no different than Tiger. Yeah, same thing with Tiger last yeah, week when he right. came back. Everybody was backing him because he was in the golf, you know, in the tournament. Um, but regarding uh, the playoffs, I, I'm I'm all I'll say is this: I went to the Bulls game. Wow, that's all I'm going to say. Um, and the Nets. Man, they ended the season with a worse ATS record than the Washington Wizards. How about them, Apples? Yeah. Forget about winning outright. 
just 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 against this. Just uh, they ended thirty three and fifty two against the spread. We're not even talking about winning outright; just covering. Wow! Yeah, it's, it's it makes you it's a head scratching. It's well, the, I don't care about the covering really. I mean, well, I do, but just what a disappointment! Indeed. Yeah, them and the Lakers. Terrible season. Memphis but, had a rare win last night where they won and did not cover. They're still the number one team against the spread. Fifty-four and thirty-two ATS. Fifty-four and thirty-two ATS against the spread. Impressive. On the closing, that's number. really impressive. Yeah, it's a good good stuff for them. Absolutely. So. Um, Back to my original question that I asked you because we got about ten minutes left. Do you? I know you would love it to be an eleven-game series, but I'm asking you a more of yeah. athletic question. Do you think that it just? I guess I didn't ask the right question last week. Do you think it ruins the quality of play having a seven-game series in terms of motivation of each team because? game one starts, it's kind of like, well, we already know we can't get knocked out in the first game or the second game or the third game. You know what I mean? Like the first three games don't have as much what I would call oomph to them to extend it because you can extend well, the series well, by think, winning I, game I think, four. I think they still know. I think they still know they don't want to get – I think they're def- – I mean, they're not – you could argue they're more motivated in a game seven, but they're definitely still motivated because they, they, they don't want to fall down in the series so much. <clears throat> but – to what degree compared to the later games? I don't know, but yeah, they, they still they still are motivated. I mean, obviously, but yeah, compared to the seventh game or, or the elimination game, I'm not sure. Do we? My square opinion is, unfortunately, I watched the Greek Freak. I don't know about tonight's game. I don't care. But, but I mean, I'm not talking about who wins or who covers. Um, if I had to make the wager right now. Milwaukee wins it. They win it all. Anybody disagree or agree? I think the Celtics right now are the most complete team. They've been playing the best ball out of any of the teams since the beginning of 2022. The, the way that, and I look at defensively how good they are, how, how much of a team game that it is, and they have two or three guys on that team they could score. Again, you know, Milwaukee is the team to beat. Well, since you, mentioned, since you mentioned them, since you mentioned them, does Dave know or do you know why the game's canceled? I just noticed that on my screen. Which, they which won. One? I'm looking at. It says uh, the Nets yeah, Celtics yeah. game. They already won. Oh, they already oh, won. Oh, I'm looking won. at. I'm looking yeah. at. I'm, I'm looking nice. at the wrong screen. Okay, I got. Whoa, 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 whoa! Losing my mind here. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no. So they, but it, you, their so, standard is to just put that when their standard is to just put that when it was already up on the screen like a couple of days ago. So then they just. Ah. Uh, okay. Well, that was your yeah, square comment cool. for me on the show. Thank you. You got me. You caught me on the square <laughs> comment. You can say it now. That's square, John. You should have known. Um, well, I think the teams. I think the teams don't win or lose two in a row. Is tops that one by far. But <laughs> sorry, man. Okay. All right. It's fine. And now, in terms of the. No, no, no. I said they do win or lose two in a row. Or That's what they I meant. It's very little chop. Three yeah. and four game runs, and they won't lose. Right, I mean, if I right. Could play it back, exactly. I was like, what? 
You can play. Here's the good news. It'll all be archived on Spotify and Sports Insider Radio. You can play it back to all your friends and say, John is a square. Now, let's talk about your nuggets. They're when I say your nuggets, nuggets geographically, I, like I, said, well, I, I said, well, I, I said geographically. I don't mean they're your nuggets. Um, if they were what's your gut feeling in that series? Uh, they probably get blown out today. It'll be one spot where you, you'll probably be staring at. It's just going to go up and up, and you, in that post, you're just going, oh, I don't want to do it, but I got This is obviously too much. So, so I guess I can't really that square to say in the same comment they'll get blown out, but I'm going to take plus nine and a half or ten. But no, uh, actually, you're yeah, showing that you're a professional. No, it's the no, 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 it's the reverse. You just dissected <laughs> what a professional. No, 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 no. But we, for the listeners, what Dave just said is that's the most one of the most insightful things on his show. It's not square. That's what a pro does. A pro has a strategy, regardless of what he thinks, and he's going to follow that strategy because over a long sample size and period of time, at post betting that spot, you're going to be you're going to have positive expectations. So, yeah. if anything, right. you're setting your opinion aside and you're going with what you know works over a large yeah. sample size, irregardless of that individual game, you think they might yeah. get blown out. You're still going to bet against them because you have to, because that's the system. Yeah, that was, okay, that that was not the sure. sharpest comment. Yeah, that was definitely sharp. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and and whenever, basically when the, a team, so they were down 0-3, they actually pulled the game out. This spot just screams. Well, so did so did um, actually so did. Uh, I was going to say screams of uh, just dominating wire to wire win, but so did uh, the Seventy Sixers game, and Toronto pulled that one out. So, yeah, this is kind of why you just go with the numbers and, and what's worked over time, and and to bet this game if it moves a couple of points on the contrarian side at post. It makes sense over time, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not fist pumping. I wish it was. It was week one NFL instead of this, but <laughs> I'll take what I can bet. You know, the betting opportunity. Well, you know, I always now. say. I always say. I still have PTSD from lack of opportunities in 2020. So I said, you know, after the pandemic where there was no sports from March 11th to July 26th, I said I'll never complain again <laughs> about any sports yeah, that are being between March. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, that was real oh, opportunities. I mean, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, well, unless you were I mean, the you Korean know, baseball, you might have. The uh, Korean baseball. I was, because that's me, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, was. I knew I know all the teams baseball. now and all the leagues. Yeah, so, uh, again, um, wait a minute. I, I'm going to stick with Milwaukee. Do you no, still follow I don't. But I don't. I don't. I, I, I gave up. I gave up. I want to ask you real quick, Dave, because we have a few minutes left. Mike said Boston. I said Milwaukee. Just to win it all, forget about the whole spread thing, betting thing. Who do you think is going to wind up raising the trophy up? Um, who's the favorite again? The Warriors and the Celtics. Um, is that right, Mike? Nah, I don't know if the I don't know if the Warriors are the favorite. I would say, well, with the injury with the Suns. I think going into the playoffs, they were the favorite on the West. Well, no, again with Book, Book, yeah, Booker's banged yeah. up with the hamstring. But on on the East side, I mean, I would say at this point, it's either Milwaukee or Boston, for sure. Yeah, I'm a square. I'll just take the Warriors versus the 
All right, I'll, I'll put I'll say Warriors versus Seventy Sixers. I'll get a little frisky. All right, I go. Yeah. I go Warriors, Celtics. Celtics take it all. The Celtics. Did I don't you know who they're going to play, but I'm just going to take Milwaukee. Did you see What's that, that guy Dave? that got a tattoo? Did you see that guy that got a tattoo in December that said uh, 2022 Boston Celtics, NBA champs, Boston Celtics, and it's a really big tattoo? Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, I was on social media thinking, man, that guy's got courage or he was hammered <laughs> to do that. Exactly. It's a big tattoo. Did he back it with his cash? That's funny. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, I guess in 10 years, a, nobody will remember. <laughs> yeah, I just hope they win one in the next few years. And then, and then in 20 exactly. years, they really won't know. <laughs> Got the year wrong. Well, believe it or not, guys, we're wrapping it up with a radio. And we'll be discussing more baseball and more NBA playoffs next week. Same spot, same place. At Vegas Ringers, follow Dave. At Vegas Ringers on Instagram, watch him live the life of a professional sports better at Vegas Ringers. See you guys next week. Syndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free.